0: Praise the Lord. We uh, really thank God for that. It's a very encouraging testimony. Uh, God is ministering to us in various ways, to our children, and us also. I believe somebody tapping into that same testimony also. Probably it's me. I want us to share this evening a few things from the scripture, just to encourage us on this day that we are celebrating God's victory. We can see one of the victories that God is doing in the life of Brother Vivekan. I believe there are many of us facing different, diverse situations that we need God to intervene in a miraculous way. If it were not for God, if it is not for God, we don't know any other avenue, but we want God to intervene in different ways. Maybe something back home, maybe it's something happening in here, maybe happening to you personally, but we want to trust that our God, who has done it to our brother, He can also intervene in our lives in a, a deeper way, in a very personal way. I would like us to share something concerning God's victory in our lives. We'll be looking at some people from the scripture, how God ministered in their lives, and how He spoke to them uh, in different situations. But before we go to that, I would like like us to read a bit uh, lengthy passage from the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans, chapter 8, from verse 28. Romans, chapter 8, from verse 28. And I will read. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, I would like you to underline that word, those he did foreknow, he also predestinated to be confirmed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate. So that's another word that we need to highlight. Moreover, um, whom he did procrastinate then he also called. Another word that is important, called. And whom he called, then he also justified. Another word that is important, justified. And whom he justified, then he also glorified. That's another word that I would like us just to ponder over as we go through the scripture. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his son, his own son, but delivered him up for us, or how shall he not with him also freely give us all? Things. Then we shall skip to verse 35, It says, "Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution, or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, "For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter." Verse 37, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through he that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father, we thank you for the scripture. We pray, God, lift off that message that you want us to receive and put it in our hearts, God. Let it speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, when I reflect over this passage, I begin to see God taking each one of us through a journey. He's taking us through a journey. He has started somewhere and he has got a destination to which he's taking us. So the journey of life for you and for me, God has already designed it in such a way that he wants you to reach already the destination that he has set. That is why he comes to say in the scripture, He says, those he foreknew, in verse 29, those he foreknew. That means he already identified you and I. He already identified all that belong to the household of faith. And having identified them, he set out a destination for them. Having known them, identified them, He set them apart and decided these people, I've got a special plan for them. And at an individual level, he decided that I have got a special plan for Kenneth. I've got a special plan for you. And that plan, God is committed to it. That means he had put a mark on you. He had put a mark on me. He then decided these people that have identified must reach this destination. So he uh, predestinated us. And what was this goal that we may conform to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. But along the journey, he has already identified our beginning, he has identified our end. Then he begins to do certain things in our lives. And these things are supposed to bring victory in your life and in my life as a Christian. So he proceeds and says in the scripture, those that he predestinated, he he called. Not only did he identify you, not only did he set the target where he wanted you to be, he also came forth again and called you so that you also have that confirmation in your heart that I indeed belong to this God. When he called us, he decided to do something because we did not meet the criteria, but he decided to justify us. Somebody used to make fun. He said the word justify can be divided into just, as if, you can break it, that just, justified, just as if. So God is making us as if we are of no sin. We are sinners, as, yes, but it's making us as if we did not entangle ourselves in this sin. He justified us. So he gave us the legal basis to belong to this family of God. It's not that we deserve, but he gave us the legal basis to be. And I've seen sometimes when you are filling forms, they ask you your nationality, especially in my country. They ask whether it is by birth or by naturalization. Okay? So by birth, you don't choose, you just find yourself there. And so you qualify. But there are other people also. There are other people who have been engrafted into that nation. They did not belong to that nation, but they have been engrafted into that nation. They become naturalized. They become like citizens of that land. And the beauty of it, being engrafted into that land, you also enjoy the full rights, like the citizens who qualified by birth. So we who did not have a God, who were in darkness, we have been justified. We have been naturalized into the kingdom of God. We have become part of that kingdom, children of God. That's the journey that God has been taking us through. We have become partakers of the heavenly blessings. So every right that a child of God enjoys, even if I was not meant to be there, but because of Jesus' blood, I have been made to qualify for rich. He has justified me to be in that kingdom. Praise the Lord. That is why it is important for us, first of all, to accept that. You know, the beauty of this country, I sometimes tell people, I, I don't know this, just we in Kenya, but I know it's generally most countries, a visitor comes and naturally you find the visitor is given very special treatment. Sometimes even you, the people who belong to that country, you feel like you have been neglected. It's given priority in many places. At least I can testify of Kenya. That is even at customs, you find, they want to let the visitors in first, then they tell you, uh, you are a local, you can, you can persevere and you'll come later. They don't tell you, but you can see it from them. They are concerned about the visitors. Maybe it's because of the money of the tourists that they want, I don't know. But that's what I've noticed. But in this country, I also have noticed You come in, you are a crowd, and they say, "Okay, the nationals. This is your line, special treatment." And if you are a neighbor, GCC, you can also join this one. And others, you are categorized as others. You move in the other, the crowd now. So you have to struggle your way in the crowd because you are others. Praise the Lord. But I thank God. Because he foreknew us, if he predestinated us to belong to this kingdom. He has a, a, a given end, that a given goal, a given place that is directing us to conform us to the image of his son, Christ Jesus. And in the process, he has not left us empty that way. He begins to justify us, to give us all the legal rights. He gives us all the legal rights to access Everything that belongs to him, and one of those legal rights is the power in his name, the power in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter your level of faith. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You got saved today, you got saved a century ago, that name has authority on your lips. You speak of that name, you've got authority. That is why he said, I give you power and authority. So he gave to us, by reason of us belonging to this kingdom. And after justification, he brings us to glorification, where now we are being crowned. Glorification. Now, I know this has is covered thoroughly in the disciple training, but that is not what I'm trying to speak about. I'm just trying to show you the journey that we are going through. But then when you begin to look at this scripture, as the spirit of God was revealing to this brother, what he was talking about, in verse 31, immediately verse 31, this is what he says. What, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That verse presupposes there will be some opposition. But because of this journey that you are walking with Christ, the victory that he has given to you, no matter what opposition will stand against you, it will not prevail over you. You will be victorious. Because he's wondering, what then? If I have been glorified, if I have been called, if I am known of God, if he has predestined me to be conformed to the image of his son, if he has justified me, if he is glorifying my life, who is it, what is it that is going to stop me, that is going to resist me from these things? And he says, I thank God because he is with us. So there's nothing that can stand against us. Praise the Lord. That is the thing that we want to talk about, this victory that God is giving us through these things that, uh, through this journey that is taking us through as sons of God. So verse 35, which we skip to, says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations. So Paul is beginning to list down the things that can easily fight you as a child of God and begin to steal your victory in life and deny you the joy of your salvation. Shall it be tribulation? Yes, many of us may be going through various, diverse tribulations, but are you going to focus on those tribulations to the extent that you fail to begin to appreciate the victory that God is giving you in your life? that you begin to fail to appreciate the presence of God in your life that guarantees you that victory, that guarantees you the destiny that he prepared for you? Are you going to focus on those tribulations? Paul says, no way. If God is for us, who can be against us? Not even tribulations shall be against us. Then again, he lists another one and he says, oh, distress. Persecution. Now there are many Christians who are undergoing persecution in many ways, who are experiencing distress of diverse magnitude for different reasons. But God is guaranteeing us that I started this journey with you. That's why Paul later says, He who started this work in you shall bring it to accomplishment. Because he had the guarantee that God had started something special in his life. He had started working with God at a certain time. And God had guaranteed him that I will be with you all through the way. I shall justify you and I shall glorify you at the very end. And make you to conform to the image of my son, Jesus Christ. So not distress, not tribulation. Not persecution is going to stop us. How many are experiencing pangs of hunger by reason of just being Christians? Sometimes they're denied food, they're denied access to such a basic thing because of their faith. So many around the world, probably because they are known, this quarter belongs to Christians, they're not served well, and they're just left, to the elements of nature, to sort out themselves. But God is saying that alone shall not be the reason for you to abandon your path with him, your walk with him, because he has got good plans for you. Jeremiah says he has got good plans for you. Praise the Lord. He says nakedness. Is it that you don't have all your provisions, the provisions that you need, basic provisions in your life? Food is a basic requirement. Next, clothing is a basic requirement. Are these things that you lack in your life going to draw you back from the Lord? Are they going to discourage you in your walk with the Lord? Are they going to become magnified in your life such that you forget the journey that you've been walking with God? You forget the victory that he has in store for you that is not what is going to happen you should remind yourself again romans 8:1 if god be for us who can be against us even in that troubled moment god is there for you praise the lord then he says peril and swords threats of death threats of harm are they going to cause you to draw back Are they going to cause you to abandon your faith? No, that is not where we have been called. That's not what has has been entrusted upon us. We have been entrusted with greater things, things that bring greater victory and joy in our lives. We cannot be, we cannot draw back. Then 36 says, As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. In verse 37, he comes and says, "Nay, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors. It doesn't matter what challenges we are facing. I speak to you, and I know your challenge may be small, but it may be big for another person. Your challenge may be big, but it may be small for another person. So they are of varied magnitude to us. But whatever it is in our lives, each one of us may be facing some one issue or another that we need to understand that God has not abandoned us in those situations. As he promised, he will walk with us through this journey. He will bring us to that play, play point of crowning. And that is the point of glorification, where we shall be like him. We shall adopt, put on new bodies, bodies of victory, bodies that do not wear out, but they are there to stand and testify of God's favor in their lives. Now, as we look at that, verse 37, it talks of conquerors. You don't conquer if there's nothing to fight against. You don't conquer Things that do not oppose you. you the word conger already presupposes that there is some form of opposition. There's some form of obstacle that you must go overcome. That is why you are called a conger. So we cannot just talk of a more than a conger in Christ Jesus, and there is nothing that you have conquered. Okay? There is no king without a kingdom. There has to be a kingdom for you to be a king. There has to be something to be conquered for you to be a conqueror. Otherwise, you are just somebody who's walking through life, and there is nothing that you're conquering. So this, 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 this a crown of conquering let me call it a crown, or this label of being a conqueror, you cannot get it, you cannot assume it, if there is nothing that you are battling against. And they are diverse in nature. There are diverse things that we are battling in nature, in our lives. And these are the things that we need to remind ourselves each hour, that this cannot be the end for my salvation. Because I have God on my side. He is the one who called me into this work of faith. And he are saying that I must walk in this faith. He is well able to bring us help when we call upon Him. I remember Peter, Peter trying to walk on faith, but then he fell short of faith, he started sinking. The first thing he did was to shout, Jesus, save me. That is the cry that all of us will need to adopt in our lives, to cry out, Lord Jesus, here I am. When you are feeling low, when you are feeling so much pressed down, when you are feeling so much crowded with many things in life, there is only one person to cry out to. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And He will intervene at the right time when we need, we need Him. Praise the Lord. So I would like us also just to proceed and look at a few examples in the scripture. We are going to share these examples and look at them, see them, how they relate, how we relate to these lives, and how we relate to the lives of these people the way that they overcame in their situation. The one that we are going to start off with is uh, uh, Moses, the character Moses. We go to Exodus chapter 5. We're not going to read the whole thing. Now, we know the story of Moses, how he had murdered somebody and had run out into the desert, and there, God decided, no, this is not the way where I wanted this man to be. I had set a journey in his life. I served him on the river for a purpose. And where he is, is not going to accomplish the purpose for which I had designated him. He will not be able to justify his work with me. So God comes to his aid and meets him in that bush, burning bush. And he tells him now, Moses, I want you to go and continue with the journey that you started with me. I want you to go and change the life of the children of Israel. Then he tells him, go and meet Pharaoh. And Moses remembers all that he went through. I murdered somebody. Pharaoh will kill me. Yes, we used to play with him when we were young, but he will not excuse me for this. Moses is being reminded by the enemy of his weaknesses. If you look at chapter four, Moses himself is speaking with his mouth how inadequate he is. He is allowing the devil to use his mouth to speak out his inadequacies. Disqualifying himself from what God has planned in his life. But I thank God because when God has set out a journey for you, he's determined, on his part, he has decided, my son shall be successful in this area. He is not going to be beaten by the enemy. So God pushes him through, and the man overcomes that challenge, and he comes he has given excuses of not being able to speak maybe some of us find ourselves in such a situation where the challenges we are facing we know what God wants in our life but then we are out searching and fishing for every excuse that will allow God not to push us in that direction but that's the path that God wants you to pursue if you are to reach your fulfillment If you are to reach your destiny, that's the path that God wants you to go through. We may not have the same opportunity like Moses had, where God is speaking to him so powerfully until he realizes, I just need to give up. My excuses don't amount to anything. This my God is determined to bless me. He does not want to hear anything that I have to say. He has decided. And when God decides who are you to resist, Who are you to stop him? He will still accomplish whatever he wants. Anyway, ask Jonah. Ask him when you meet him in heaven, ask him. He tried. Ask him how the juices were in the belly of the fish. How he felt sleeping that soft belly. And of course, the big fish was also eating other fish. So Jonah was also having company in the the belly of the fish. You will have stories to tell each other. God is determined to see us succeed. It doesn't matter what opposition the devil is bringing in our side. God is determined to see us succeed. In Exodus chapter 5, you will have an opportunity to read. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, who is this Lord that I should obey? His voice to let Israel go. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. You can see the arrogance of the enemy. He makes you feel like your faith amounts to nothing. But Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain. He tell it to go to the sea and it shall go. Whatever your mountain is, learn from Moses. He never gave up. He never gave up. I'm sure in his heart he was saying, but Lord, I told you, this man is not going to agree. But he said, all the same, all the way you have told me to say, I will say. So he spoke. I'm sure they were walking out quietly and looking at each other with familiar faces. I don't, the message was known, you see. We knew it would not work. And they were walking. And probably that's the whisper that the devil tells you every time. You're trusting God for something and say, you see. God said this, but it's not going to work. But Read with me throughout and see what the end was. Every time Moses came, the Pharaoh was stopping him from achieving whatever God had decided to. The Pharaohs in your life will not stop you from achieving what God has in store for you. There are many, and they will come with several obstacles. This man went back to Pharaoh, around 10 times. Every time God was doing something new to prove to Pharaoh that it is God who is speaking. But the man's heart was being hardened. He was resisting every time. That is what happens. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, when the sun is just about to come out, that's when it's darkest. Mm -hmm. The stars seem to have disappeared and the, the whole of the earth seems that that is when you see the, the light of the sun shine. When things look so tough and you're trusting God to see, see you through, know that the sun is about to shine in your life. The harder they become, the more persistent you must be. That is how a victorious person relates to God. You never give up. So Pharaoh was defeated with all his resistance. God stepped in. And we learned something very interesting. The last time that whatever broke Pharaoh, you know they did something very wonderful. A lamb without blemish. A lamb without blemish. The blood of the lamb without blemish was slaughtered. And when the blood was put on the lintel of the door, it marked out those people who were to reach out, to get out. It marked out. You are a marked person. And God knows by the blood of Jesus Christ, you are a marked person. Never to endure what the devil wants you to go through. The Lord will remove all the pharaohs from our path. Number two, Moses between... The Egyptian and the Red Sea. So they walk along the path, that they go down, they reach a point, and again the devil rears his head. This this looks familiar. Every time we are on the verge of succeeding, we find the opposition growing up. Now, it depends on who you want to listen to at that moment. If you want to listen to the voice of God, He will tell you there's victory. But if you want to listen to the circumstances, they will tell you there's failure ahead of you. There's no victory in this path. Look for an alternative. That is what the situation and the environment around us will tell us. But God said there's victory ahead. Just like he did in Exodus 14, 26, we see that God helps a door away for these people. 14, 26, the rest of the scripture you can read, you known. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. The opposition that you see today will be no more, because the Lord Almighty in heaven will cause a situation that will swallow up that opposition, that will swallow up that which is resisting your victory, will swallow up that which is denying you your victory, and you will walk away in victory. That's what I believe God is speaking to us in relation to the story of Moses today. Daniel in captivity, Daniel 1, 11, This man chose not to defile themselves. They chose not to defile themselves. So you can also choose that although I'm in captivity, although I'm being pressed from every side, although I do not seem to see the way out of this place, but I am going to trust in the Lord. I shall not defile myself. I shall not compromise with the situation that is ahead. I will stand my place, I will stand in the presence of God and bear testimony to his righteousness in my life. That is what these men did, and that brought them victory. They decided, it is tough, we are in captivity, it is tough. And the situation is offering us other alternatives. I think Kenyans and Nigerians will attest to this because I've heard many stories from Nigeria, although I've not confessed my, my own version from Kenya, but it's more or less the same. Many of the things that happen in our country, it's a beautiful country, I'm not criticizing my country, it's a beautiful country, I live Sometimes you can have the qualification, you can have everything that is required and even addition, But it matters whether you are ready to compromise or not for you to get that position. There are people who compromise, they quickly get the position. And you might find the child of God being put in a position where he's now thinking, I've been on this chest for a job for a very long time. What does it matter? Let me just let me just give something small. In my country, they call it uh, a cup of tea. And so if a policeman tells you, I need some tea, don't go with a flask. They will slap you. They need money. A bribe. The Bible says, cast in the hand that bribes." You may get that job, but it may cause you harm. No wonder many of our policemen today shoot themselves, they kill themselves in the station because there's a lot of corruption in securing a place in the police force. They have got those jobs with the I'm not saying all that have shot themselves did that, but it's a rampant thing within the force. So let us not compromise. The devil will cause things around us to be so tight and make us believe that we cannot get any victory until we compromise our faith. But it's not true. This young man did not compromise. And the Bible says after the 10 days, they looked fairer. They looked better than the others with whom they were being evaluated. They were more intelligent. They were more wise than the other people with whom they had been house to be evaluated. The others did not mind. They said, what's what's the problem? Food is food, let us eat. But these people were careful that whatever they did, whether in captivity or in freedom, should be such as will glorify God, should be such as will glorify God. So we see another path to victory is that path of non-compromising. You don't compromise. You stay in your station until God approves of your answer. Hebrews, the, Hebrew, the three Hebrew boys in Daniel 3.16, these guys, again, they're supposed to be thrown in the fire. And they tell the, the, the king, we are not careful. Even if our Lord is not going to... Uh, to deliver us. We are not careful to worship you. They did not want to compromise. They decided we shall walk this journey that we started with the Lord until he proves himself, until he proves himself. And we know the story, how it proceeded. This young man uh, went into the fire. And you know what? I thank God for the way he worked in that situation because the people who took them there, the Bible records, the people who are taking them there, I don't know whether they were being pulled there by some force that was invisible because you will start feeling the heat from fire. You can tell the man, you go, that's your place. Me, I'm going back. But somehow, these people pushed them until they hit the fire and they never came back. They are the ones who died in the fire. But the Bible says, this king, troubled as he was, he came to observe and see, has my scheme really worked? Has my strategy really worked? And he was surprised. In the midst of the fire, there was a fourth person. Jesus Christ will visit you in your situation. He will deliver you. He does not need any other help he has already committed himself to be with you. I want to speak to all of us who are facing terrible times. There may be situations that are facing us physically, facing us spiritually, facing us in a place of work, facing our health in situations of health, but the Bible has given us as an example of these three Hebrew boys. It's telling us they resolved in their heart. No matter, it doesn't matter what happens, We shall not bow to any other God, but we shall trust in God. Such are the moments that you are really pressed and you are thinking of plan B. Just speak to that plan B and tell it, you plan B. This is not what God wants me to do. I want some other door to open in my life that God alone is able to open. God alone has the key. That is what God is going to do in our lives. Praise the Lord. In verse 25, the king witnesses the hand of God that delivered these people. Another case, that of Daniel, Daniel 6:16. 6, the man of God. The people in this place of work had a plan. They are envious of him. That sounds like you. That sounds like many of us in our places of work. People who do not want to see you succeed, they would rather you be a mediocre performer in your place of work than you excel in your place of work. When you begin to excel in your place of work, they will hatch a plan to see that you are also drawn back. You are eliminated. And this such is the group that was around Daniel. And they came up with a very... Elaborate plan. But I thank God because when he has designed that Daniel shall be the prophet of God, Daniel will have to realize certain things in his life. He did not abandon him. In the, land, the den of lions, this man was sleeping comfortably, hmm? hungry lions, but he was at peace because God was there in his presence. Invite God in the situation. Invite Him every time. And God Himself is going to see you through. Invite God in every situation you are experiencing. However big, however small it is, the Lord is ready to see that we are through successfully. Why? He started that journey with you. He who called you will bring everything to accomplishment, will bring it to a final finish because he's determined, is that determined. In fact, in the book of Romans, he was saying he did not even spare his own son because of the journey started with the man. He said, no, if it means me giving out my own son so that these people can make it, I will do so and he did so. Now, if he did not spare his only son, what is it that he's going, he's going to restrain himself from? In seeing you succeed. Nothing, absolutely nothing. God is willing and ready to see you victorious in everything that you go through. Praise the Lord. Envy aside, God will see you through. Those who work against you, who undermine you, who want to see you fall, who pull you down, God is going to deal with them in His own way. Now, the beauty of that is the way God dealt with them because the end, end of the story shows that they also suffered dearly. Praise the Lord. We don't pray that our, those who design evil for us end in such a way, but we pray that the schemes of the enemy shall not succeed in anybody's life in our ministry. We come to the New Testament, the woman, the issue of blood. Many of us are, are, are ailing different ways. We are experiencing different issues, maybe with our relatives. And we are wondering, God, we have been praying over this issue for years, for months. It seems nothing is is happening. But I want to remind you, don't even go 2,000 years ago. In this church, people have stood with others in prayer. The intercessors have prayed, and we have seen God intervene instantly in the people's lives. What makes you doubt? What makes you doubt is God. He is well able to bring victory in your life. You will celebrate it along with other people again. Those of us who have not had a testimony and we are feeling low because really we are facing a situation and we are wondering, does God really care? I want to announce to you, God cares. And is preparing a testimony for you. You can pray and trust him next month. When there is another victim night, I want to be the one giving a testimony. That's the reason why we open this opportunity that you be encouraged, I be encouraged to trust God. That if God has done it in this church here now, I will not talk about a God who did things 2,000 years ago. I'll talk about a God who's doing things right here in Masters. He's not doing them in America, he's not doing them in Europe, he's doing them here in Masters. The same God that Brother Vivican prayed, the same God that uh, the intercessors have been calling upon and we have been seeing people healed in our church is the same God you are calling upon. So this evening, as we draw close to the end of this sharing, I just want to encourage each one of you. There is an opportunity we are going to give each one of us so that we may just know that there is a God we can trust in Who will intervene in our situations? Matthew 9, Matthew 9, Matthew 9, 20, is the story of the the woman. Uh, And behold, a woman which was deceased with an issue of blood 12 years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Verse 22. And Jesus turned about, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. By faith, thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. You can purpose in your heart that this is, you know, I've always challenged myself on this. We are very good in giving appointments. We say on Thursday at nine, I want to meet so-and-so. Why? Because we are going to do A, B, C, D. And when Thursday comes, a few minutes to nine, we are prepared, we are there. Some of us prefer to be there slightly early, 10 minutes early, five minutes early, in preparation for that meeting and for the purpose that has taken you there. How many of us set an appointment with God? How many of us set an appointment with God? This woman, she did not use time, but she used an action to remind her of. The appointment. She said, if I touch the hem of his garment. You can also purpose in your heart. My victory. When this happens, I want to experience my victory. When this happens in my life, I want to experience my victory. That's what this woman did. She touched the hem of the garment. And I love this. I love what the Lord told her. Hmm? Daughter. He will say them, son, daughter, son, be of good comfort. Do not be troubled in your situation. Be of good comfort because of your faith, small as a mustard seed, big as a Mount, Mount Everest, that faith will see you through. He is not interested in comparison. He just deals with you at your point of need. Have you exercised the little faith you call little or the big faith you, you call big and God will intervene in that situation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Finally, Acts 3.10. Acts 3.10. Very well-known story. The Cripple are the Beautiful Gate. The Cripple are the Beautiful Gate. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. He uh, says, let's start from heaven. And as the lame man of okay, the and they knew that it was he which sat for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Now, this is the story after it has happened. This man was always there at the gate. Everybody knew he was always there. But something happened on this particular occasion when Peter and John came. And he asked as usual. He was expecting people to be given as usual. But something unique happened on this particular occasion. This was, well, silver and gold we don't have. I'm sure the people was looking at them and say, but why did you stop if you don't have? Because for me, I always receive silver and gold. So he might have been looking, asking in his heart, and wondering, what, are they, what kind of people are these? They know I always receive silver and gold. But God knew this is not what the destiny for this man. He deserved something better. So he sent his servants to give that something. And when they were talking to him, the Bible records he began to look at them intently because they surprised him. He began to expectantly look at them. And his faith was raised up. And when they told him to rise up and go, he rose. And the Bible says he jumped and started running. They didn't tell him to run, but he started running because he was excited of what happened. I believe God is giving us an opportunity, each one of us, those of us who have been trusting him for one thing or another, those of us who have been experiencing different aspects in our lives, different things in our lives, God is giving us an opportunity as children of God, the children of the kingdom, that we may experience Him in a unique way. All these people we have been talking about, Hebrew says they were men like us, they were men like us, they had weaknesses like us. Moses had weakness, he murdered. You have never murdered. But he trusted God, and God acted. Praise the Lord! All these people they had weaknesses, one or another, in their lives, but the Lord Almighty looked at the faith they exercised and the expectation of their hearts, and God decided to act. Praise the Lord! At this particular moment, I would like us to engage in a few brief prayers concerning each one of us. First, I want us to go before God just to thank him for what he has done in this church, what he has done for us. You may never have experienced it yourself, but you're going to give thanks to God. You're going to glorify him for what he has done to the members of this body. That is a way that we enter his courts. We enter his court with thanksgiving. And then now he can minister to us. So I want us to take two or three minutes, each one of us, just telling God, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Jehovah God, that you have been with us. You have ministered to us in diverse ways. Many who are sick in our ministry, Lord, they experienced healing. Father, throughout this lockdown period, people went through terrible times. But my Father, you showed yourself again and again. People who are dismissed from their places of work. God, we know in our midst that those that you have visited and they have got jobs back. Father, that those that are still waiting upon you, Lord, like the woman with the issue of blood, they shall touch you and God, you shall minister to them. Father, they will wait upon thee. They will patiently wait upon thee like Moses did. And Lord, at the appointed time, you shall act. My Father, it shall be a great testimony. We thank you, King of Glory, for you have been faithful. You have been merciful. Thank you for your provisions to this church and the members of this church. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, we are praised. I want each one of us to cry unto God, to cry unto God concerning the church in Ukraine concerning the church in Ukraine, while we celebrate God's victory in this place, that people who belong to the household of faith in that country, who are now, they don't know where they will go. But we want to pray that God's grace, and mercy, and favor will be upon these people. God will give them the spirit of forgiveness. Speak this into their lives. Pray that God gives them A merciful heart. Yes, it is very easy to be bitter. It is very easy. Very easy to seek revenge. But vengeance belongs to the Lord. Father, we pray that you release our brethren. Every form of bitterness in their hearts. Every form of bitterness in their hearts. God, remove. That Lord, they may begin to walk in victory. They may begin to see the victory of the Lord in the whole situation. They may see the hand of God work through everything that is happening. Father, for your sake, all things work for good for they that love God. Father, there is a remnant in that country. There is a remnant in that country that believes in you. Father, grant them the favor, the grace. Grant them the grace and the mercy to stay through the course. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name, we are prayed. I want us to stand with those that are facing challenges in their place of work right now, and also those that have not had an opportunity to resume duty for one reason or another. We want to pray that our Father in heaven, who understands the agony they are going through, who understands the pain the families are going through, the Lord will be merciful. Father, we invite you into the lives of this brethren. Speak into their situation, O oh God. Speak into their circumstances, O oh my Father, that God, they shall find some relief. They will see your hand lift them up. Out of that muddy clay, O oh God, they will be lifted. They will be lifted. They will have a testimony to bear of the Lord's doing. Father, we thank you and we honor your holy name. May your name be glorified. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Father, I want us also to stand with those that are trusting God for an uplifting in whatever they are trusting God for. Maybe in their own family, they are seeking God to intervene. They are seeking God to intervene in their place of work. They are seeking God to do something in their lives. Let us stand with them. Father, we pray tonight, let your hand be upon your children. You know each one of them. You know what they're trusting you for. We pray, King of glory, right now, that the Spirit of God will manifest himself in their lives. Lord, your visitation will be powerful upon their lives, Lord. You shall reveal yourself unto them in a new and powerful way. King of kings and Lord of lords, open the door. Open the way for them. Open the window of heaven. Let them experience your divine touch. In Jesus' name, we are praying. We want to go before God now. We want to pray concerning our brethren that probably have got challenges, sicknesses, relatives who are sick, they themselves have got sickness in their body. We want to pray because the blood of Jesus Christ will break those yokes. The the, the anointing of God will break the yokes and will cause them to walk Again, hope, Father. We pray tonight your divine healing to be upon the bodies, the lives of the brethren who may be experiencing challenges, health issues. Father, we invite you to walk into their lives like you did for this woman with the issue of blood. My Father, do the same for this dear one's God. Let them experience that divine touch, let them be bent home again, because my Father. This is the bread of the children of the kingdom. This is the food of the children of the kingdom. Father, we invite you to minister in your own special way, in your own divine way. Father, we give you praise. We honor your holy name. We want to praise you, O God, tonight for the way you have led us. Father, as we come to the end of the service today, we pray King of glory, your visitation upon the lives of your people. I pray King of glory, that as Pastor comes to close this service, I pray, King of glory, that your hand shall be upon each one of us.